Hello and welcome to the Sarah High School Football Podcast. I'm here joined once again with head coach Patrick Walsh. Great to be Hi, here. Hi, Amy. How's it going? It's going good. We're in week 10. I was just going to say that. It's going week real 10. good. Yeah, week 10, it's it's a long season. And, and this is the time of year where things ramp up. Definitely. It's, it's, everything ramps up now. We we've, This is playoff week, one of however many we, we earn. But obviously week 10, this is all the... All the marbles out there, all the chips on the table, whatever. We're all in. It's week ten. The countdown clock will hit zero this week. Um, we'll, you know, reset it for the playoffs, and every week we reset it with seven days or six days. So it's it's go time now. Awesome, that's great. Well, it was a wonderful game on Friday night against SI under the lights for the first time. Is that yeah, right? That's right. And it it was nice. It was it was a great experience, and it wasn't one of those fogged in type nights. It was a beautiful night. There was no fog and. Um, there wasn't a ton of wind, so it was a, it was a pleasant night out there in the sunset. Definitely. I think everybody prepared for it to be freezing. So we were wondering yeah. like, are we, is it not that cold or are we just prepared for the cold? Cause sometimes it gets, it gets chilly out there. Yeah. Um, it, well, it was a good game. Um, we had a final score of 21 to seven. Mm-hmm. Um, I did hear that some chatter was they, uh, people expected a much higher scoring game, mm-hmm. but, um, but it was a great game nonetheless. Um, Atkins with his, uh, three interceptions. Yeah. We had, let's see, a touchdown from Weber, Gil Martin and, and the defensive touchdown from Atkins. So it was awesome. I'm earning him NorCal Player of the Week. Yeah. And of course, I have to say that's the first time um, since anyone at our school, since um, Major League Baseball's Greg Jeffries in 82. Right. So that's pretty cool. So full disclosure, because it's very important to to not spread fake news, right? right? That whole fake news thing, right? So whatever <laughs> someone says is now real. So we have to have to do this because Dean Ayub, who uh, was an AD here forever, Padre forever, Blake's here. I was going to say, has a son big here time, now. Yeah. Big time Padre actually texted me after that quote hit the paper on Saturday and said, actually, that's not true. That three interceptions in the game is the first time that's happened since Greg Jeffries. It's not true. So I went back into the record book and looked myself. So what happened was right after the game, a reporter came up and said, this is the first time this has ever happened since 1982. Greg Jeffries. I'm like, oh, great. So then that's just what I said. And um, But we've actually had two Padres. Noel Roberts, I believe, is one of them. Class of 92. Yeah, and then another one. Darn it. I'm, I don't know why it's eluding me. He was my brother's class. That's how come I know. Okay, perfect. So you know Noel Roberts. <laughs> I and, don't just and, know And someone around the same time, time frame. But what's really cool is all of our records are online. And we have a, an amazing uh, historical online record. Anybody can go on there, sarahs.com, football, and records, and see coaches' records, individual records, stats. I mean, I think we... We're better than most in that because of Randy Vogel has been keeping him forever. Ever. He's been, I think he was here in 1944. Yes. Randy <laughs> Maybe. I think he was here day one. He's still here. Um, but uh, there's actually two players have had four interceptions in a game. Ah. Noel being one of them and then another one. So it, it's third on the list tied with, tied with Jeffries. I see. For three in a game. So not, underscoring, not yeah. underscoring the, the uh, accomplishment of Alex because it's only happened. Well, Three times ever, right? With four or three, no, four times now, um, and that's it's, an, it's a fantastic, fantastic deal. And also, I'm not sure if any one of those went back for a touchdown, which, which I don't know. That's true. But that's something we'll, we'll leave know. that for Mr. Vogel as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that's awesome. I mean, he had an amazing, amazing game. game. He was on fire, and it was just so fun to watch. And um, yep, and fantastic. yeah. So, anything, any uh, comments from the game? Can you talk to us about game scores or um, just yeah. lessons learned? Even? Yeah, it was great. It was uh, once again a great defensive performance from. August till now, we've we've said that we have a very talented defensive team, and we do. 
and they're doing a great job. Coach Monsef, Coach McGee, uh, Coach uh, Coach Thomas, Coach Peralta, just doing a great job over there. Great kids. It's a perfect storm of of intelligence. I talked to Mitch Stevens, who's a one of the famous sports writers around here, about our defense last night, and I said they're kind of like velociraptors. I mean, anything I know about a velociraptor came from Jurassic Park, which might be fake news too. But it seems in Jurassic Park that a velociraptor is a medium-sized, ferocious dinosaur that has quickness and speed, but also is very intelligent and works well in packs. So I feel like we have this raptor-type defense right now going. Not the biggest defense we've ever had, certainly like Neo Mafia and some of these monsters sure. we've had, right. where you just plug up the, the holes. And, but it's a, it's a very sophisticated, well-thought-out, well-planned and well executed up to this point, defensive performance, which is, I think a Raptor would, would appreciate that. I think definitely. No, I yeah. think you're right. And I think energetic comes to mind too, because sure. I mean, one play, I mean, one defensive play, there's another quickly. I mean, it's just, it's very exciting to watch yes. for, from a spectator's perspective. And so. the SI game the other night was, uh, was met with uh, after something that didn't go quite well on offense, like an immediate takeaway. And we had four takeaways, which was great. So maybe it's That's a good great. time to talk about the goals. I was just going to say that. Yeah. So we were three for four on special teams, great. which is great. We were four for four on defense, which I think people would expect. And we've been kind of three for four, three for four, three for four on defense because we haven't got those two takeaways a game. We play good teams. They don't just turn the ball over. Mm-hmm. So in this game, we earned those interceptions with Atkins and, J- Atkins and Jabari had one. And so we had four takeaways, which met that goal, which has been a little bit elusive for this great defense that we have. And then on offense, we went one for four, which is something that we're not, which, you know, we, our goal is three for four at the minimum, four right. for four is, is a great game. So we've, we're, we're making adjustments. We're, we're figuring things out and we got to get better on that side of the ball. And, do you, you know, any, I, before you go on, I'm just wondering for the offensive part though, do you have any ideas or, or any solutions to that right now? Well, or? we can't, we can't turn the ball over. We can't put the ball on the ground. We we're, we're, we're playing good defenses. I think SI is a, is a very, very good defense and people, I haven't noticed that based on their record, but their scores have been close and they've done a great job. For example, they lost to Sacred Heart 10 to zero. I mean, when you hold a team to 10 points, regardless, right. that, that's, that's good. And by any, by any measure, that's a good defensive performance. Obviously, they didn't score, so they didn't win. But So we knew they had a good defense. We knew they had a front that would give us challenges. They're a very smart coach staff. They knew they, they adjust well to Sarah. They work hard. They study. There's a lot of things that they're good at. And so I wasn't surprised. I was su- what I don't like frankly, is when I give credit to SI where credit's due. But there's things that we're doing that are just simply shooting ourselves in the foot. We, we operated at 23%. The goal is 12. Mm-hmm. So that's double um, the acceptable rate. The acceptable rate of efficiency we want, we talk about this all the time, is 12%. We were at 23% last week. So that means we had holdings, balls on the ground, fumbles, just sacks, you know, just things that false starting and just, just sloppy things that is on me as a coach to clean up. I got to clean it up. We get that stuff cleaned up. We're going to be fine. Now we're back to 12% because we're not shooting ourselves in the foot. Right. You know, if the other team's making plays and all that, I can live with that. If we overthrow a pass, I can live with that stuff. We're human. It's just the things that the mental things with a relatively inexperienced offensive line, which is growing weekly, we just got to clean that stuff up. And once we do that and become an efficient team, which we've shown this year, We've shown flashes of that. We just have to be more consistent in that. And I think that's, that has been the goal of this week from our coaches. We, offensive staff met for several hours on Sunday 
what are the things we got to do to, to, to help our kids become more efficient? And that's what we worked on this week. That's great. We'll see. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Well, it'll be, it'll be fun to yeah. it'll be fun to watch in this, in this next game. But um, before that, I wanted to, uh, if it's okay, do you have anything more to say about the game? I don't want to cut you off there. No, we're good. All right, good. No, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty satisfied too. I just wanted to make yeah. sure. Um, but we had a few more questions from our call out last week that I thought okay. I'd just bring up now because we kind of went long. Yeah. Um, so biggest challenge that the team faces from here on out. Ego is the enemy. Back to that. Yeah. Ego is the enemy. It doesn't have to change every week. I don't have to be creative and make up stuff. Right. What, you know, when we first started talking about that, we were six and zero, and seven and zero, and eight and zero, and nine and zero, and this is the the culmination of a ten game season. Again, the countdown clock that we set every year that solidifies our dash, our existence will end this weekend in a ten game season. So, how do we want that to look? And you know, I asked the team this week to focus on the the time that we have left together because there's not a lot. When the clock started at 270 days and now is approaching zero. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's always a visual reminder that things end and we are going to make the playoffs. We know that, but our season could be over in two weeks. It's not right. going to end this weekend because we've we've already playoff eligible. But think about that for a minute. Like, how give do, me the chills. I don't like that. This is the best well, time of year. It is. And if you want to keep it going, we want to keep it going. Then we have to earn it. Right. And if we want to do special things, then we have to earn it. And part of the way to earn that is to focus on each moment that we have together individually and not get caught in what's going to happen next week, which you'll probably ask me soon, or what's going to happen. <laughs> I have a few questions. Yeah. yeah, I mean, everyone wants to know about the playoffs. Right. And I'm the wrong person to ask about that, but you can ask away. And then, you know, what about what happened in 1953? I don't care. I love 1953. I was glad it happened. But it doesn't, it's not relevant. Nothing is relevant but this moment right now that you and I are having, or that we're talking on the podcast, or or it's the only thing that matters, really. And that could be myopic, I think, because I think they're there. I think a lot of great people plan and they plan ahead, and maybe they do that, but then they learn how to live in that moment. Mm -hmm. I think too many of us get caught in the past and burdened by the past and trying to make up for the past, or none of that has anything to do with any human. It doesn't have anything to do with any of us. Um, except learning from it and other things. But I'm just saying in, in terms of a football team, for us, we can learn from the past, but we can't be burdened by the past. We don't own anything that happened prior to us. We own what we're about to do or what we're doing at the moment. That's a great answer. That's the focus of this week, That's really. That's great. Time. And I mean, would you do you feel with this team that, um, I mean, I know that in years past, I'm, well, I'm just guessing, and I'm sure it just it had to be that there were teams that had that would go sway one way or the other. Do you feel like this team is pretty grounded when it comes to the, the whole ego, you know, thing? I, I, no, I do. I think they've the, and I think the reason why I would support that uh, assumption is that we have a good time together. We have a good time at practice. We we enjoy. There's not this laborious feeling every time we we go out to work or that we go out together. I feel like the kids are enjoying each other. They are enjoying the coaching, the relationship. So in that regard, I'd say yes. Um, you know, what happens on Twitter, whatever, when people go home, I have no idea, but when I'm with the kids and when I'm with our environment and particularly our coaches, we are ABC always be coaching ABC. They're always coaching, always coaching the first step, always coaching the eyes, always coaching the techniques. And, and that I know our, our, our staff isn't satisfied. I mean, there's so many things we can do better and Um, and that trickles down to the kids and then the seniors aren't satisfied. So I think, I think the culture has been good. And if I was to stop the season now, I would say, yes, this team has lived in the moment. They've done, they've, they've done a really good job of embracing 
the journey individually and as a team. Yeah, they're a very cohesive group. I mean, it's it's, yeah. it's fun to see. You can tell that they're having a good time, and yeah. who knows? Maybe one begets the, all the wins, right? Maybe that, that's that's maybe. your secret sauce there, right? Um, awesome. And um, in terms of um, the postseason, which I know you love to talk about, um, mm-hmm. one of the questions: What does a postseason look like? Who are we likely to play? Right. Well, it's always come, this is always a call out question. Yeah, I, I don't know. And I don't know because I think there's two parts. <laughs> I don't know because I spend zero minutes on it. I'm just going to be honest with you. Zero minutes. Um, I also don't know because I've spent time on it. And then at the 11th hour when I've spent many minutes on it, it changes. Wasted. Yeah. Wasted so what's the time. point? Yeah. Right. Now there's something out there. There's people out there that project things and, all of a sudden someone gets upset and something else happens. So I don't even, I, I feel like it's wasted energy. So for me as the head coach, I don't know. And frankly, I don't care. I care about today and sure. I care about this weekend and I care about Sacred Heart Cathedral and the challenge that they present. And then Sunday there'll be a meeting and then they'll tell us who we're going to play. There was a time and, and people know some of the history about me here. I was the league rep. I was all in. I was trying to CCS everything. And I think our <laughs> management and the administration and the board does a great job. So I'm out. Leave it at that. Yeah. Leave it at that. They're doing a great job. They're doing the best they can in a very tricky dynamic environment with public schools and private schools and these interests and those interests and big schools and small schools. And it's really hard. It is. And it's hard. It's a hard thing for the section. Um, the state of Texas is, is set up differently. And some of the places that have I would call like a true state championship where you're playing in regions and districts and you know, that's like a a stepping stone along the way. I mean, there's no really thinking in that. You just play in your district, play in your region, you play in your bigger region or whatever they call it. And then you play for state championships. It's a lot different in our, we have 10 unique sections in California, so it's different. And so without making any assumptions on who we're likely to play the fact, the data is the data, right? Like the one seed will play the, one plays eight. eight, two plays seven. So for WC, for sectional purposes, we are all allocated a certain amount of points. And the way it works is we have five divisions of eight teams. So 40 teams out of, I think, 97 in our section, you know, which, which really resonates because 57 teams will be done Friday or Saturday. Wow. Done. Right. Season's over. Moving on other so things. So went fast. <laughs> so went fast. It really did. And then 40 play on. And then one plays eight, two plays seven. Or what they do is they seed one through eight nine through 16, 17 through, I'm losing track of the math here. And they just stack at one through 40. So we will be in division one by merit of the teams that we play and the amount of wins we have. We'll be in division one. Okay. Don't know if we'll be one or two or three or wherever that falls, it falls. Um, but it's likely we will be in the upper half of that and hosting a game a week after this weekend. I see. But I mean, it could be like, like um, Sacred Heart Prep down in um, mm-hmm. Atherton, like they are eight and one, they're in a totally different division. Could we play them? Um, yeah, I think so. I, I don't know where the points are falling for right. them or for the but other. But we never play them usually, but we could. We could, mm-hmm. we could. And, and I, for me, the way things have generally stacked for us, we play WCL teams. Okay, I was just curious. So last year we played three WCL games. Because that was a, that was the word on the street after that game was we could play Sarah. A, a friend of mine whose son goes there was like, "Could we play you?" And I'm like, "Oh, oh Sacred Heart Prep." Yeah. I, I think. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, they if they go nine and one, they'll probably have enough points. They'll probably be in the top eight. Is are they eight? Are they seven? Are they six? Are we one? Are we two? Right, sure. I don't know. That's that's a more of a yeah. That's that's where the points fall out. Yeah. Um, and and the way those 
points shake out is it's really kind of high level mathematics because there's a lot of different factors that go into how you get points. You get points for winning. You actually get points for losing. If you play a certain team, I see you get points. If you're playing a team that's in the top 100 in the state, I think you get more points if you play a team that's in the top 10 in the state or something like that. Wow. I mean, there's just a, there's a lot of, of different dynamics, ways, wow. a lot of dynamics. And then you get extra points. If you play a league champ, you get extra points. If you are a league champ, Wow. <laughs> Too complicated. <laughs> Hence I'll why that I, next podcast. We're not going to answer that question, but you're not going to answer. Yeah, no, it's, it's something that is probably public somewhere, but for us, sure. that's why I've just kind of, yeah. If I was it, just curious, just, you know, I mean, this was one of the questions I thought, well, it's good to know just from a Sure. CD. Absolutely. No, it's, it's, and it's interesting. I'm, I, it's very interesting how our section does it. Cause like I said, there's nine other sections that do it totally different than, than our section. Wow. And I think we do a good job. What we do a good job of in our section is, Although humans created the point system at this time of the year, the humans don't really matter. The points are it. So when right. we go to our meeting on Sunday, which is the day after the, the last game of CCS day after this Sunday, um, there's really no, there's nothing, there's no arguing, there's no bickering, there's no, you know, meandering. It it's, yeah. yeah. Cause in, in other sections, the humans are like, okay, you're going to be the one because I think, you know, your weather's better and whatever right. these people think that takes it all out of it, which I think is, is probably a better way to do it. Because I've heard some really bad stories about other sections and and the way they set up their playoffs where the coaches just end up just hating each other after the meeting. We don't have that problem in, in our section, which I appreciate. Certainly. That's good. Yeah. Everyone's you know lobbying for their team, of course. So that's good. You're right. Um, awesome. Just a couple more questions before we move on to this weekend. Um, is this the first time Sarah could possibly have an undefeated season? Uh, I say possibly because we've yes. one more game. Yes. <laughs> Uh, there's been nine and zero Sarah teams, but there has not been a ten and zero Sarah team. Um, we've had an undefeated WCL season, and we've actually had a WCL season where we went ten and zero, which is an interesting thing. But we won seven WCL games in 2017, and then we played a WCL team in round one, a WCL team in round oh, wow. two, and a WCL team in round three. So we went ten and zero in the WCL in 2017, wow. which I think is it could happen again in the future. And if it does happen again in the future, it's, it's a remarkable thing. I think of all the things 2017 team brought, which was our state championship team as well. Right. Coach Falau was on that team. He likes to remind everybody about that, <laughs> which is fine. He earned it. He did. This is the time you start earning stuff. Like you want to, you want to be able to talk about it when you're old, Yep. then do something about it when you're young. Exactly. Um, he, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, of all the things that team accomplished, winning 10 WCL games is, is incredible. That's remarkable. Absolutely incredible. So it may, we may have to do that again this year. Who knows? Great. That's yeah. a good answer. Yeah. And then the, um, the burning question on everybody's mind is, mm. will Charlie, when he comes to Sarah High School, will he play football? <laughs> I will not force him to play football, but it looks like... I might. He's you really might. good. Someone else, yes. He's on the Bayside Broncos. He's, it's his first year ever playing football, tackle football. Excellent. Yeah, he he loves it. He enjoys it. He loves what the game brings to him. I love what the game is bringing to him. Oh, good. And I think a lot of people like sometimes football gets a bad rap. And I, I got to tell the world who are, or the six people who listen to this, <laughs> whoever that is. It's gaining momentum as okay. we continue to win. I'll tell you that. Okay, fine. But I will tell whoever actually listens that football is necessary in the United States of America. It is a necessary. And although it has consequences right because concussions and we've had some some injuries and it's it's a it's a violent dangerous game 
because of that and because of other factors of the game, the team aspect of it, the hard work that it takes, the fact that it's rare, it's rare. I mean, we set our clock at 270 days. We play 10 games. That's it. You know, you don't get a double header. You don't, you don't get any of that stuff. There's no consolation bracket. At least there never should be. There was one, but, um, (laughs) not anymore, not anymore, but there's, it's so set up in such a passionate way that it really allows great coaches and great men and great women who are involved in the game to dive deep into the hearts of kids. And I see that with my own son with William or with Charlie William too. When he played, he just absolutely loved it. He He was very good too. He absolutely loved it. Um, And this is not just a reflection on Sarah football. It's a reflection on the game itself. And my, my young son, Charlie now has the best grades he's ever had. He, he works hard. He does his homework. He's focused because he wants to play football. And if you don't, you get it taken away. It's gone because it's, you have to be a student athlete and that alone. And what I've seen the concept of connecting both sides of the, like we brag about our GPA. A lot of that comes from the fact that you're part of a community and you want to be a part of it. And you can't be on this field if you don't get it done over there. And I've seen it in my own house with an eighth grader and I will fight tooth and nail. I will fight to the death to make sure football exists forever in the United States of America, because some of our boys need it. Mm -hmm. And there's girls playing now. Some of them need it. And I, um, you know, it's just, it's such an important life. It's such an important activity that has brought out so much. It's why I'm here. It's why I'm, it's why I do what I do. And it's, I, Absolutely love what it does for the individual and the team. I have to agree. And like, you know, we've said it before, my eighth graders on your eighth graders team as well. And I, I think, um, I think it's a hard, I think it's a work ethic, right? That you're, that you're being coached on the field to work as hard as you can possibly work. And I think that spills over into other areas of your life as well. That's right. I've seen a a commitment in my son that I've never seen before, you know, so it's, it's wonderful. And I applaud you and, and advocate for you in your your efforts to keep it up because it it really is transformational and just the connection. I mean, it's like goes cross culture. So like such a diverse pool of, of kids working for the same goal. And I just, the, the familial connection is amazing. So totally. And, and so much more than just the game itself. Yeah. I'm with you. And when it comes to breaking down barriers and all the things that it seems like walls that are being set up and things that are put up and you don't have that on a football field. No. When you get in a huddle, you have kids that look different and different religions from different places. And it doesn't really matter at this point, we need to get a yard or we need to stop the other team. Like it unifies everybody. And uh, when it's done right and done, uh, which most of us do in this country, then it should be celebrated. I will say, I get this question a lot from parents. When should my kids start playing football? It's a great question. And my answer is when your kid begs you to play football, that's the time to start playing football. So that's a great answer because some get very timid, you know, shied off from it. So it's a great, we see it in padded camp. Right. You see these boys that are coming out and they're like, right. Well, I'm going to like it. <laughs> I'm going to like it. And then they don't. And then they're done. And that's fine. And they're scared to get hit sometimes. They, you, you, there's, and that's the thing about the game. It's, it's more of a, it's more of a, a test of what you can live with. If someone's begging you to do something, then they're going to put their heart and soul into it. And you're going to support it because it's something that's really, really important to them, whether it's robotics or football. I don't care. Like I, I want to build the best robot on the planet. Okay, go. That's awesome. You're going to see that person given everything you can to it. Yeah. And and I think that's for parents. And if someone's begging you, you to play when they're in third grade, 
then I can justify that kid playing. Now, my kids didn't start begging me to play until eighth grade, ninth grade. Uh, my secondary answer to the question would be, if you know 100% that that kid's going to play ninth grade football, maybe maybe encourage them to think about begging you to play eighth grade football. <laughs> right. No, I, I agree. I think right? It's, you, I, just, you get that one year where you're like, okay, the helmet goes this way, not this way. The pants go on this the way. The culture too, like learning just the culture yeah. of the sport, right? That's like, right. That's right. You know, I think it's great. Yep. Wonderful. Well, moving along. Thank you. We are, I can't wait to watch Charlie play at Sarah. Um, I was just going to mention that you were featured in, um, FNF coaches, mm. digital uh, magazine. It was a very, very good article. And I just, if you, I just want to, for our listeners, if you want to read more about just, uh, the program, what it's built on and some of your, sure. um, first, first moments of, of kind of realizing how you were going to build this program out. It's a really good article. So you can cool. find that online. And now let's move into this week. It's an exciting week here at Sarah. We've got our senior day coming yeah. up. It's our, uh, final game again, or final Yep. home game that we know of right now That's right. Um, against um, Sacred Heart. And um, it's at 2.30, but more importantly, before the game, not more importantly than the game, but we have mm-hmm. a big ceremony, Senior Day. Um, and could you just tell us about the tradition of Senior Day, why it's important and why we celebrate it? Yeah, the seniors, most of whom have put four years into this school and put their heart and soul into the program and representing the school positively as student-athletes get honored it's, this isn't just a commitment for the kids, too. I think it's a special day for the parents because the commitment of Sarah football is is huge from the parents' perspective, too. Getting the kids to school, sacrificing vacations at times, uh, just going through the ups and downs, being there to support your the, the student-athletes is, is something that I think is really cool for the, for the adults to celebrate with their kids. And we bring them out on the field. They get to walk down. They uh, walk through the tunnel of the, the players who aren't, graduating we're seniors and it's just a real special time for for the families i know particularly a lot of our polynesian families bring it seems like half of polynesia too here <laughs> which is, it's really fun to see <laughs> all the signs and the shirts and people really get into it and it's it's a really cool day for for the seniors awesome can you um let's talk about some of the seniors so we i think we have roughly like what it's at 23 close to 30 yeah 30, i think it's, it's almost 30. 30. 27 i think yeah, yeah. 27 yeah. um i remember from the senior banners um can you just t- talk to us about some of the senior leaders some of the bottom of the five fire guys that yeah. have really kind of i mean regardless of starting play right everybody shapes yeah. the program as you've always mentioned that's very true and i i think it's Without alienating everyone, it's hard for me to talk about all 27 guys on a podcast, which I'm not going to do. But I, I think um, uh, Binyat Martinon and Gabe Ovlin have done a fantastic job of representing the bottom of the fire when it comes to our scout teams. They've just done such a great job. They they come up weekly from the coaches of just guys who've just that have overachieved. They play a lot on special teams. Um, but when it comes to our scout teams, they've been our Mike and Will linebacker emulating the, the linebackers in our league. And they've just done a fantastic job all year long. Great. Um, so th- those guys, you know, Jeff definitely pop out. Dylan Judier, uh, number 11, and then and Gastrock have have been senior. They've got they've got more playing time than than the other some of the other guys, but they've kind of the unsung heroes of the team. They practice hard. I think Dylan has won every single gasser. Someone <laughs> he's might, fast. he's very fast, <laughs> but fast as possible. he also doesn't get tired, which is impressive, but he, he's always up there in the front and gassers. It's really great to see your son's done a great job, you know, running down on the punt team and absorbing his role, accepting his role. I know everybody wants more, but it's just, it's nice to see these, these guys contribute. It brings so much life to the team. It's, it can be such an anchor. And this team, we don't have that issue generally because of the majority of the seniors that are part of it. They, they know that 
they're not playing NFL football. They know that they're probably not going to play college football. And they know that their season could be over in two weeks. And they know that they're going to give whatever they can to the team so they can create a memory that lasts a lifetime. I just got a picture from, from Coach Falau, Elijah Falau, um, and I'm going to put it up on Twitter one of these days. But it's a, it's a picture of a guy at a wedding with all Sarah guys in the wedding. And that's the goal. And I think this senior class is going to, you know, when these guys start getting married, we're going to see all Padres in their weddings. That's amazing. Again, and that's, that's what makes this place special. Very, very special. And there's a weirdness to it when people are still geeked about their high school when 20 years out or 30 years out, because it doesn't happen everywhere. And I've heard wives of Sarah Padres, you you know, like, what's the deal with the Sarah thing? It's kind of weird. And I don't even talk to anyone from high school. I, one of, one of these girls in my (laughs) yoga class actually said it. I'm like, that's awesome. Yeah. You don't get it. It's just, it's a weird Sarah. I don't even get it half the time. (laughs) I get it because of De La Salle, but but the, the, the brotherhood is deep and I'm very proud of the seniors for embracing this journey with their class because whatever happens between now and the end of the season, it, we're going to remember this based on the seniors in the class. We obviously have a lot of juniors and sophomores contributing, but this, we're going to remember Seamus and we're going to remember Alex and we're going to remember Joey Joey, and we're going to remember all these guys that, that are the seniors that have been at the top of the food chain leading. I can't believe you forgot oligarchy. I mean, we got oligarchy. I mean, oligarchy is he's been running around and he's, battling injuries all he goes in last week and makes three more sacks and can he you imagine so well oh my I goodness. know God works in mysterious ways when it comes to the the, the team but he's just such a such a great player you yeah. know I'm, I'm glad glad that he's back well um I appreciate you just taking the time to talk about the seniors because it is a very very special senior class and it is special you, know, you do see that I mean we've got so many leaders um and just they've really you know I I do think that this program and I said it before I'm so in favor of it and I'm such a big fan because yeah. I think it is life-changing for these boys to come out of Sarah some may never step foot on a football field again yeah. except to, most won't um, right exactly yeah. exa- unless they have a little yeah. field pass at a Niner game or something but True. Um, but but I just think it's amazing that um, they have this experience and they're celebrated equally mm-hmm. regardless of their play status I think that's sure. a very remarkable thing that you drill into these boys and it makes them all feel so special so um, wonderful. Well, moving on to the actual game. Um, so SHC has a few um, D1 commits, yeah. right? Um, what do they look like? They've, they, they've had a pretty good run lately. They have. And they, it always seems that their season turns around after the Bruce Mahoney game, which is their big SI Sacred Heart. I wouldn't say turn around because they've, they've been playing great all season. But they, uh, they beat SI a couple weeks ago, 10-0. to and and that game was it's a spectacular game. If anyone just likes high school football, it's something you probably have to see before, you know, the end, <laughs> if you will. But it's um, and and they're just playing with a ton of confidence. Very very confident coaching staff. Very very confident group of seniors, largely because of number four and number six, who are fantastic players. Right. You know, num- number four has six defensive touchdowns, which is remarkable. I don't know if I've ever heard that before. I watched him take a handoff when a quarterback was throwing a pass, he like took the ball out of the kid's hands and scored a touchdown. I'm like, what is that? Jeez. And it was a national play of the year or play of the week. I think, um, and Mitch told me last night that it was not just a regional play of the week. It was a national play wow. of the week. Just absolutely fantastic, which is a testament to his athleticism. And, and he plays hard. Number six, uh, Mixon really plays hard and they're the lifeblood of the team. And they've been on the team for many years and they, you can tell that those guys carry carry the team. They never come off the field. They're two-way guys. Wow. They, they come out 
if I, when I say never, I mean maybe for a play (laughs) or a few, but it's, it's, they're, they're the heart and soul of the team. Um, and they're, it's going to be a tough game. I mean, everyone has these expectations and this utopian, I use that word all the time about how things are going to go. And the way I think things are going to go, it's going to be hard. And there's no, there's no easy game in the WCAL under any circumstances. We, we, we had one game where it, it was, there was an aberration to that rule. Um, but it's, it's going to be a hard game and that's what we want. This is not, this is why we're in this league. This is why we, we play SI and we score 14 points on offense and we get shut out in the second half and people are upset. Right. I love that. I think it's great. And there's, there's high it's expectations <laughs> here, you know, it, it is. And there's high expectations here and, and we, we being all of us here, hold ourselves to a high standard and, and we expect to be great. And when we're not, we're disappointed. And when we're not, and we lose, we're doubly disappointed. So when we're not and we win, there are great lessons within those wins, like you saw last week. And one side of the ball was great. Mm-hmm. And as the head coach, I get to celebrate all of it. I get to celebrate the greatness of our defense performance last week, and I need and feel the pain of something that we should be doing better on offense, which we all appreciate. So this is going to be a challenging week. This is a challenging game. There's a lot of things that go into senior day. It brings in family dynamics, family environments. It's something that I addressed on Monday with the team. I played time standstill by Rush in oh the gosh. old school. <laughs> That's awesome. Right, that probably strikes a chord with the with the older generation. Well, I had a couple uh, weeks ago. You did Brothers in Arms, which was like, yeah, whoa! I now I'm really brought back. <laughs> right, totally. So anyone that wants to like dive into the mind of the Sarah Padre team meeting in a chapel, just put on time standstill by Rush and and be as nostalgic as possible. That's pretty nostalgic. Yeah, That's good. and and then. The message of the song is like, dive into the moment because, you know, you freeze this moment a little bit longer, all that stuff, because there's times in our life when we don't do that and then you, you feel regret. And I, that was the message of, of the week. It's a great message. So, yeah, it's going to be fun. I, this is why I've, I think I've stayed at Sarah for so long. This WCL is just such a mind play and it's there's such great coaches and such great players and and it's such a great league, and, and there's a lot of camaraderie within it. We're all friends. Um, and in terms of the coaches, there's no one like, oh, I hate that guy down there. And I don't know. If I Hopefully it's reciprocated. <laughs> I'll have to ask about I'm that speak one. for that. Yeah, but... I'm, I'm just saying how I feel about my seven comrades here, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> That's another podcast. <laughs> yeah, like, we should do a podcast. At, you know, we'll interview them. Right. That's anyway, funny. but uh, it, it, it's a very, very – Great league is so much history, and we're uh, we're here at week ten. So let's do it. Awesome. Well, you do it well, and I appreciate your time. And so, I guess just to close out, we'll um, winner. I guess on Sunday we will find out who we play the following weekend. Yeah, generally, correct? generally by noon. But I know people that have this all figured out, and then yep. by Saturday night there'll be something online where it's this is what it's going to be because of the points. Right. Okay. There's no human the next day that unless someone gets the points wrong, but usually there's these, these guys out there that love high school football and they've already figured out the points. And if this happens and that, and that I don't get involved in any of that, Right, right. but maybe Saturday night, if you're an internet 
uh, guy. You could probably go find something on NorCal Preps or something that has everything figured out. So Perfect. Well, if you want to jump the gun. Right. Well, let's focus on Saturday's game, like you said, living in the moment. Yeah. Um, congratulations to our seniors, and thank you for your dedication. And yeah. um, thank you for your time. Our game begins at 2.30. Our senior walk begins around 1.15. So okay, great. if um, the families and fans want to come see that, that's when that'll start. And uh, it's going to be a great week. Go Padres. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you Amy. Great job.